Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Yes, it's that time of the week again. Time for the Jack Links Beef Jerky 365 Days of Sport radio show. Rob, how you going, man? A bit grumpy, Beef. Really? Why? Yeah. What's happened now? Well, as we both know, I'm well on the running to make the Australian Open. Oh, okay. We've yeah. gone that far already. Well, and uh, so... Friday night I had to go out for a... I was, I was teeing off about 10.30. Intentionally went a bit later. Friday night? No, no, no. Sorry, hang on. Let's just go wind, wind it back. 10.30am tee off Saturday morning. Okay, Saturday morning. Intentionally a bit later because I knew I had a 21st to go. If you right, recall, okay, I mentioned yeah, yeah, yeah. 21st. Yep. Had a few beers. wasn't, you know, I was a bit uh, happy, but by no means a disgrace. Was very sleepy in the cab on the way home. Really? Very sleepy. Mm. Foolishly thought, nah, just a couple of red wine nightcappers. Went to bed about one. And uh, woke up and just just a bit rough. Yeah? A bit rough in the morning. Didn't really have time to have proper feed. Then sort of got to the course and realised a touch of the runs. Oh, no. And uh, had to try and get that sorted out before teeing off. And, uh, I'm not sure you can just sort it out before well, teeing off. Well, it wasn't the full runs. It was just uh, obviously need to be sorted out. Uh, so let's not... I mean, it's do not going to detail okay. No, we won't. If it wasn't pleasant. Obviously. Um, but stood up on the first tee, hit a punishing drive, straight down the middle, got only 30 metres up from the green or something. Best one I've ever hit. Thought, okay, I should be right. Then next shot, shank. Went a right angle left. I just had a 20 metres of green, ended up bowing the hole. I got, I got the shanks. Oh. Seven shanks and two duffs. I had a 95. Wow. <laughs> it's gone. It's all over. An absolute disaster. But I just felt rubbish the whole yeah. time. I felt hungry. Felt like my eyeballs digging into my skull. Wow. Not happy at all. Just some very poor guy. I sort of started to recover a bit on the back nine. I was having a reason nine. And then 16th hole, double shank tee off into the river. <laughs> uh, I was just like, what is this? Baffled. So I got back and just had to have a Guinness to sort of calm myself. Just and, one. And, and uh, oh, no, a couple. And watch a few horse races, just try and clear my head. And didn't, just just kept dwelling on what, what how could this happen? It's so much confidence genuinely shaken. Wow. Before hitting any iron shot, I was like, don't shank it. As opposed to, this is going to go by the hole. Yeah. Where it was just the week before. I absolutely pissed him for 81 the week before. Um, like, it was, I should have easily broken 80 again. Just, you know, a couple of bad holes. So, Sunday, I was sitting there and said, oh, I know what the problem is. Time right. for some new irons. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Just go and invest. Yeah. So, I uh, didn't have drumming golf, and I've got, I'm not even, you know, it's not a uh, cheap exercise getting new irons. Definitely so I've, isn't. I've started the process, though. My irons are from 1982, Beefy. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. So they're almost 40 years old, almost as old as me. That's uh, amazing that you managed to shoot 75 with... Well, I mean, they are pings. Something the, that, uh, who was at the well, top? My, my five, Chevy Ballesteros Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that sort of stuff. My five wood is a wooden wood. Wow. Yeah, it's made of wood. They were second-hand when I got them in 1996. Right. But I went down, oh, I hit these freaks and irons. Oh, beautiful. I wasn't trying to smash it, just a nice swing, so, yeah. but a bit of power. Are you right, using one, uh, one, steel shaft? Shafts or graphite shafts? Steel shaft. No, graphite shafts no good for irons. Oh, really? Yeah. They're not bad for... Uh, they're fine, my, they're fine is for... Is that my um, problem then? I've got graphite shafted irons. Uh, I think your problem is you've got a broken body. Well, that's true. I think that's your More main that problem. Later. That's uh Oh, good. Oh, good news. Pleased to hear it. Which of the ailments? I don't know where to start. Oh, no, you. no, no. But uh, yeah, yeah, like one seven five seven nine, right. going well. So, so we've uh, got we've got in the quest 
for the Australian Open 2023, probably, 2022, possibly, we've got yeah. new tools of the trade. The goal this year is just to be consistently breaking 80, I think. I think oh. that's realistic. Well, not with new clubs. 70. 70? Well, they say new clubs takes 10 shots off your game. Wow, is that right? Uh, that's well, what I've said. They know everything, don't they? Good they, on they they. Cover, they cover a lot of the things that they... They definitely do. Brilliant. Okay, well, I look forward to that beef. I look forward to... Maybe I'll just purchase them on uh, tomorrow then instead of just whacking on the credit card. What do you think? Get get the ball I rolling. you should go for it, Rob. Yeah. If you're happy with them now, then do it. So, all those listeners out there who are, who are pining for my success, don't fret. Right. This is just a little blip. Hopefully. Yeah. And um, I can tell you I'll be back uh, this Saturday, back in the proper scorebooks again. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Right. So long it doesn't rain. It's bloody weather. It's freezing. It's lovely. I've got shorts on. You're mental. you got the beef to protect That's you. That's very true. Yeah. That is very true. Um, well, talking about cold weather, no, yep. guess what I did last night? Uh, should, do you want actually to guess? Yeah. Okay, so last night was a Sunday. I no, saw you. Monday. I saw you, oh, it was a Monday. Monday last night. Okay. Uh, I, I saw your pissing and moaning Facebook posts about how, how you called out some soccer league thing about how you're a genius yeah, for, for foresight and know. you're the world's biggest we, sports we, fan. We know I'm a genius. And, and, you're, and you're moaning about that no one loves you enough or something. That's exactly right. Yeah. Was it, yeah. Did you do that last night? Last night was no. that no that no no, 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 no. Uh, was my, uh, did you go axe throwing back to the old school? No, no, no. You gave, gave that I'm away? I'm not allowed to throw axes, is, as you know. You uh, joined the Lawn Bowls Club. Very close. Tempen bowling. Think about Lawn Bowls on ice, Rob. Lawn. Oh, you went curling. I went curling last oh, night. Oh, wow. <laughs> Were you the brush scrubber guy? Well, you have to do everything. Yeah. You don't, you don't just brush the ice. That would be rigorous. Do you know what? It was it's, bloody it's rigorous. exhausting. I yeah, am yeah. stiff as a board today. Yeah. Not just that. When you throw the stone, Yep. 20, 22 and a half kilos, by the way. Yep. You have to get down so low. Yep. I don't think I... They're already on the ground. They just, it's just slide them, don't you? Yeah, but body-wise, you have to get low okay. to the ice. Yeah, Because you to need get to be some stable. Yeah, and then you push off, off the old little rubber uh, starting box yep. there. Yep. I haven't done any vigorous exercise for yep. quite a while. Yep. So do you actually get down quite low in a in a starting squat. position in yeah, a squat? Yeah. And then push off... As a 47-year-old as, as well. As a 47-year-old, yeah. Push off, hold that pose, yep. and slide along the ice, and yeah, yeah. then release the 22 and a half, 40 pound that's, oh, that's right. They do that whole slide thing, don't they? And then yeah. the, That's right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's a lot tougher on the body than you think. You just see these curls, yeah. and you think, oh, that's easy. Yeah. Nah, it's not. Yeah. And, were, and were you saying this, going, oh, this is tough, and they were all laughing at you, going, ah, oh, um, yeah. Yep. No, well. They were but, just pleased to see you, weren't they? They oh, were just encouraging. Yes. You don't turn up there and they go, oh, you suck, no, you're a loser. No, no, no. no Get, because curling yeah, leave is us alone. such a minority. Already sport. Yeah. Happy to see you, especially one of the prestige of you, as yourself. I mean, Guinness Book, Guinness World Book Records. Of Records, world record holder. Yeah, obviously played cricket for Wales. Yeah, played American football, Great Britain. Yeah. Yeah. rugby for Texas. Just the, the list. This is um, the list, people. A, captain yeah. coach of the uh, Welsh national Aussie yeah. rules yeah. team. What's the best now, golf score? Uh, I was off fourteen when I was eighteen, so <laughs> probably about I don't know eighty-two or something. Okay, yeah. Something ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty good on a championship course as well. By the way, I didn't know you ever got that low. Yeah, I've hardly hardly played since. That's the problem. Since I was 18, and that is now 30 years on, I've probably played 30 rounds. Okay. So it's no good. And now, made my debut in curling in Victoria yesterday. Well, that is a a very diverse, uh, what do you call it, thing, resume, skill set. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the curling experience. What's the sort of uh, post-game vibe? Are they, they just right into it? 
Mon- well, Monday night bender. Who brings the bag? Normally, it is uh, get on it. They play yeah. uh, the leagues go eight till ten on a Monday night yeah. in Melbourne. Then come ten o'clock, it's game on. In so the they bar. more of a heroin crowd or the cocaine bunch sort of uppers or which way do they tend to go? <laughs> the curlers, yeah. <laughs> You may have to come along and discover for yourself, Rob. I think uh, that question I can't really answer. Okay. That. But yeah. they seem to couldn't, be fairly off, off the bat, you couldn't tell. amiable and sociable. Right. There's a few Canadians there. Obviously, we yeah. know that uh, curling in Canada. Surely, must have been someone who seemed like they were coming off a, a three day weekend bender and just pushing through. The hospitality types, any of those involved? Um, or you, you, surely, the hips, there'd be some hipsters in there who go, "Oh, curling, whoa, different uh, man. I'm going to be different, come a different way." Not really, actually. Yeah. Not like the axe tr- throwing was loaded with. Yeah, yeah, but like not hipsters, like gaming nerds who like wanted to believe that they're in um, Dungeons and Dragons or something. No, not those larpers. What larpers is live action role larper live action role play. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they call. They were the axe throwers. None of them are in the curling. No, I don't think hipsters would search out curling as a uh, alternate sport. It doesn't doesn't have enough of a fantastical that, element about it. No, where they can pretend that they're Thor or something. I think so, but also I don't think hipsters like getting cold. Really? I don't think they like the ice. But they have those beards. <laughs> they do have beards. Yeah, mm. and those fake those. We'd have the, to the, check. They have to let their hair down. We'd have to check on uh, how many. I mean, we went to the Youth Olympics, so when we went went mm-hmm. to see the curling. Well, what, what's the age range in this curling you went to mate there were all sorts everything between yep. 16 and 70 there was a guy in a wheelchair right on the ice he was having a how ball. old was he i reckon he was 60 yeah. he was loving it he was he just elderly or was he paralyzed i'm not sure not sure i can't really answer that yeah he was just in a wheelchair but he was and on he the could, ice he could he how what was his technique in the wheelchair technique he had a little um pole that he could clip onto the rocks and yep. push that he okay. didn't do much sweeping. I noticed that. Yeah, lazy yeah. bugger. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. Hey, great to see wheelchair curling happening. Very impressive. And and what I like particularly, I don't know if he had it, spikes on his tires. Well, well, like obviously, the they don't. They don't way. need to do a Paralympics for it. They can just be involved in the uh, yeah, bit, actives. Bit like uh, archery, we saw. Yeah. If we it was a couple of guys in yeah. wheelchairs doing archery, weren't they? Yeah. Or yeah. women in horse riding. Or women in horse riding. Yeah. So it was a mixed effort last night. It didn't matter whether you were young, old, male, female. So did you keep score at all? Yeah, we lost in, in our game. Yeah. But not that mad. There was a lot of... What uh, was your best shot? Fresh faces What there. was your best shot? Um, It's difficult to, to pin that out. Uh, my best shot, considering I'd never done it before, was kind of either aiming at certain stones or trying to get it in gaps. Yeah. And then learning how to actually bend the rock. Okay. And that was good fun. What's the sort of commentary in terms of, like, if you do a good one, what's the lingo to say that's a good something? What do they say? Well, great shot, Beef. Great shot. That's uh, it. Don't they it. don't have their own hey, thing. I have to say, Great though, bowl. Nice no. slide. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of that going on. There's a lot of intensity going on, considering it was a bit of a practice night. Yeah. There's a lot of screaming, shouting. Oh, the other thing is, if your rock's going a bit too slow, yeah. you have to tell people to sweep. Sweep! 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 And the okay. people go mental on the power sweeping, they call it. Yeah, okay. When they're really aggressively sweeping. I wonder if they have levels of, of uh, sweeping, like three, five, as to how hard they yeah, sweep. Yeah, didn't get that in-depth to it. Yeah. I did a lot of sweeping, though, last night. My right shoulder's been mm. buggered, as normal. Mate, do they do it any other nights? They only have access to the, the curling ice. rink on a Monday night. So it's basically on an ice hockey rink, is it? Yeah. I don't know whether it's a little bit bigger, this rink. Are you in your shoes? You're on ice skates? No, you can. No, you're not on skates. You're on shoes. They give you like a rubber outer sole to put on so you can grip. And then when you slide, you actually slide on like a Kevlar uh, slider. Well, it's like an insole, but on the ice. 
So okay. you step on that so you can slide along. I never noticed or thought about any of this stuff I know. when we saw it's, it. I was kind of in the same mindset of, oh, this is going to be quite easy. Just mm. get down, slide a few rocks. and yeah. that's it. But the slide and the balance, mm. you've got to have kind of core strength around your pelvis to kind of stay upright. Yeah. Um, I, always, I, I remember when we saw this one in Norway. Yeah. And they, the parents were all watching because it's the juniors, right? Yeah, well, there was quite a bit of banter between the, the, banter. the New Zealanders and the Canadians and yeah, that. Yeah. But don't you think as a parent, like... You're going to see your kid who's an Olympian, but then it's just curling. <laughs> Each to their own, Rob. What do we always say? There's a sport out there for everyone. Uh, but wouldn't it be such a downer when someone asks, well, oh, I'm an Olympian. And then you say, what do you play? Curling. curling. Oh. It's chess on ice, Rob. It's <laughs> chess on ice. That's what they call it. Sorry, curlers. I don't mean that. Um, Re- or kind of. It's, <laughs> it's something, I, look, I, it's something I could kind of get into, I reckon. Yeah. What I'm going to do is Less injury up. prone, isn't it? So long yeah, as you can. Unless you fall over and hit your head. Because yeah. the ice is quite hard. Yeah. I was there in my t-shirt, though. Yeah. Everyone else is in bloody thermals. Just don't go in on a penny farthing. Yeah. That would be interesting. Penny yeah. farthings on ice. I don't bloody think that's going to work. Sort out the men from the boys. That's, we'll leave that one for clowns. Actual clowns. Actual With clowns. makeup and red lips and spotted yeah. hats. That would be quite funny. Mm. So, yeah. So, what I'm going to do is, with the league, because they play on Monday nights... If there's teams that are short, I might just fill in. Might mm. just be a fill in. A dodgy chimer. A curling chimer. Well, look, I'm just going to put it out there. If our listeners were to had the opportunity to see who they want to go and watch perform, I'm pretty sure they're going to want to see the guy trying to make the Australian Open in golf ahead of you on your Monday night curling with, par- your, with your hipsters. Parallel and, uh, universes, and, Rob, you know, you couldn't even let me know what drugs you say. You used to see what sort <laughs> of uh, entertainment you might get out of the people. People have been playing golf for a long time, Rob. Whereas yeah. curling in Australia is quite new. Okay, that's my whole point. I'm I'm in a more vast pool of talent with which to try and excel within. Whereas you're just sort of just a bit chiming in, really, aren't you? Was there an Australian team at the Olympics? Yeah, generally. generally what do you mean generally? That's oh, very vague. I don't know if they Come on, a... sports fan. Well, I don't think there was an Aussie team, actually, because I think what would happen in curling mm. is Australia and New Zealand would probably be in the same qualifying pool. Mm. So if the Kiwis are there, I reckon the Aussies weren't. Nah, I don't reckon. I'm sure you just enter a team in the Olympics and you just get in, well, don't you? you'd probably have to qualify, because you can't just have everyone. If you're in Swaziland and you want to, oh, I fancy a go in the oh, Olympics. Oh, no, there are qualifiers. Fires, aren't yeah, they? they take it pretty seriously. Then how did that bloke who went to the swimming that time and he couldn't really swim properly? Because he was uh, he was exempt from a qualifying time. Because it was he the only representative for the whole country and, the, and everything. He entered the distance in swimming you don't need a qualifying time for. Yeah. It's the same with the Olympics in the hundred meters athletics, I should say. Yeah. You can just enter because I tell you why. There was a guy from Samoa mm. who entered the either entered the discus or the shot put. Yeah. And he didn't get a qualifying time, but they didn't realise. Distance. Sorry, yes. I'm not paying attention tonight, am yeah. I? So he wasn't allowed to compete, so he entered the 100 metres instead mm-hmm. and ran about 16 seconds. Is that right? Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's from... He might have been... I, I saw, you know, they just had an Olympics ad on just the other day for Tokyo. 100 days to go. And they had this, the whole sort of, it's not about winning and all this sort of stuff. And just and there's some clips I put on, like the guy who, the sprinter who uh, pulled his hamstring or ripped his oh, torso. Derek, Derek Redmond and, in the And his dad helped yeah, him. Yeah. You know, that was a great vision. But they did show that swimmer bloke and saying it's not about... Eric. Yeah. And so, well, I mean, come on. It's, it's, I, I hear your message, but that guy couldn't... I was far, I'm better than him. Yeah. I, I think most of the population I, on Earth... I even heard that the test was they stuck a stick in the mud in the river and said whoever gets there and back first goes in the Olympics. 
and the stick won? Well, no, the stick stayed where it was. The bloke who ended up in the Olympics won. And if he won, I suggest no one else was swimming. Definitely not. In he ex- wasn't even horizontal. He was like on a on a sort of a 30-degree angle. I got paid out by Jim, Jim McDougal. Jim? Uh, Jim McDougal, my PE teacher at high school, because yeah. I used to be a horrendous swimmer. I think. Really? Was, yeah, terrible. Because I, I, I couldn't do the breathing. So after two uh, laps, I had to swim with my head out the water the whole time. And so the angle of my body went on a 30-degree. And so when I had to do four lengths in swimming sports, I did the first two pretty quick, then had to do the next two, and I, like, was near enough drowning. <laughs> and it got torn to shreds by my uh, brother's older mates. They're all calling me Daniel Loder as a piss take. Who, uh... <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, yes, beautiful story. Jim, well, Jim McDougall paid me out and right. told me why my technique was horrendous. Johnny, here, so good thanks, story. Thanks for that. You heard my um, sporting triumphs and my honours. Yeah. We just ran through that. In, in under-11s swimming, obviously, I was quicker. Oh, you've told me this one. I was quicker at Because you were early mature, weren't you? So you were one of these giants. No, I was tiny. Oh, okay, tiny. carry on. Carry on. So I was quicker at backstroke than I was freestyle or front crawl. Right. So in a lot of the galas mm. in under 10s, under 11s, under 12s, freestyle, you can do any stroke. Obviously, that's the nature of freestyle. It doesn't have to be front crawl. It sure. generally is because it's quicker. But if you go to the junior galas, there are quite a few backstrokers that do freestyle. Right? Okay. So anyway, the Gwent Championships under 11s, mm. I was entered, got to the final somehow, mm. or was in the final, didn't realise, did backstroke, came second in my race, didn't even realise. Mm. So I thought, oh, great, well done. No, I became Gwent under 11s backstroke champion because mm. I was the best backstroker in the freestyle race and came second. I lost to a freestyler, but so, I won the, so backstroke. won the backstroke. Unbelievable. Uh, Gwent, that all sounds 11, very dodgy to backstroke me. Backstroke champion. All the, mixed strokes in the same race and all this sort of stuff. It's called freestyle, Rob. You can invent your own own style that might be quicker in and enter a freestyle race. Right, I see. So that's actually why it's called freestyle. It's not the type it's of... Not front it's not It's actually front crawl. It's freestyle. Okay. Well, well done, Beef. Another, uh, <laughs> oh, well, it's a bit like your dancing story, Rob. Well, I'm the North Island champion. It's a lot bigger than Gwent. And uh, I also won two is. dancers. So there. don't forget my central district's under 12s um, high, high jump. jump champion. That was uh, a massive effort. I beat Tupo Taha, who was a <laughs> massive Tongan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If he was massive, he struggled to get the actual yeah. height. Everyone thought he had uh, superhuman springiness in his legs. Really? Like, yeah, but I just out-techniqued him. Okay. Yeah. I told you about because I, I how I went over, cleared the bar and the mats and banged my head, <laughs> almost started seeing stars, but still pulled myself together on one. Just phenomenal. Right. Damn right it was phenomenal. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hey there, this is John Higgins and this is 365 Days of Sport. AFL lies, Rob. Yeah. But this is real. Oh. AFL in a pickle over juice. The AFL has sent a memo to clubs warning them over their use of pickle juice. Mm-hmm. In a development that has clubs in a pickle, the league has told them that their players must stop spitting pickle juice liquid onto the field of play. 
Players across the competition regularly use pickle juice to avoid cramping in games, but because research shows it only needs to be gargled to hit neural receptors at the back of the throat and ward off cramps, it's often spat out on the turf. That practice has angered some groundsmen around the country who have complained to the AFL that the regurgitated pickle juice is causing unsightly grass burns. Mm. Yet, in a move that has bewildered clubs, the league has suggested that they purchase spittoons or similar receptacles for the players to spit the juice into. Some club chiefs are baffled that while the AFL conducts its ticket trial to convince the Victorian Health Department is ready for capacity crowds in a COVID world, it is also asking staff members to dispose of spit buckets. That's so, rank. Imagine them running out with like a <laughs> a bedpan or something. Yes. So perhaps it's not that big a deal. Uh, there was just there was far too many uh, pun options available. There. there was lots of pun options available. Yeah, they just rank. didn't take any. Whenever um, I think of Sarah Spittoons, I always think of that scene in Sideways where he pours the the wine spittoon because he's so desperate for a drink. Did he drink the? Uh, that he he wants or he orders a glass of wine over at the tasting, which they can't do it because the tasting, and he says, "Look, sir, just buy a bottle." wine and go outside and drink it and he just no and he grabs a spittoon and just knocks it because he just found out his book deal wasn't going to happen he got oh, rejected right. is that uh, is that part of Rob's movie review is it sideways no that's a genuinely great film which you genuinely should actually watch great. you would you would love it actually right unbelievably because opposed to what I've been watching Oyage uh, Gus I, obviously isn't actually really a great film I actually watched Oyage <laughs> this week uh, it'd be better if it was called Oyage yeah it would <laughs> It's a very interesting film. Though, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, plenty of colour. That's plenty why, of colour? Yeah, yeah. It chopped and changed right. Tell you what, it was fast-paced. Yeah, it's very fast-paced. For an hour 45, it just goes bang, 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 I, bang, bang. There's stuff happening yeah, yeah. all it, the you, time. I couldn't really keep it. I did the best I could. <laughs> but yeah, it has to be a high energy to try and cover everything. Oh. This film I've got this week, similar pace. In fact, I'm not even exactly sure what happened. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a bit yeah. like Drunken Master. All right. If mm. you need to see Gus, please go and see Gus because, yeah. jeesh. Uh, the Yugoslavian ball-kicking mule. Ball-kicking mule. What I did no- notice, I mean, it is from 1976. The CGI that they used is... Uh, clearly poor. <laughs> yeah. Very poor. But at the same time, you have to. Uh, the Star Wars was almost out by then. 1977. Um, yeah. They did. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's why comparison. I'm drawing that parallel. Yeah, Disney was not quite up they with weren't. George Lucas at that point. It would have. Although the, the, even the improvements from Star Wars to Return of the Jedi is significant. I, I've in got six a, years. I had a theory right when I watched you this ha- film. Do you still have the theory? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I reckon that idea mm. was pitched as a cartoon because it was a Disney film. Yeah. Right? And they said it's not quite quite believable as a cartoon why don't we do it with real life people? not quite believable well, it's only believable as a cartoon there's no way it could happen how could it possibly more believe be more believable in real life because you know what i'm because saying they're trying to convince him by putting real life people in. yeah it is probably the most ridiculous idea for film. I, I can't think of. I mean, it's really is more. Rid- I mean, imagine pitching that to a boardroom. A yeah. Yugoslavian ball kicking mule gets a job kicking for an NFL team. A mule. A mule. A distant relative of the ass. A- apart from any other superhero film. But that's it's a, that has an assumed. This is trying to pretend that's, it's reality. Right. Okay. There's an assumed fantastical element as soon True. as it. Although they, you know, don't matter. Now we cover this story. That was last week, babe. This is this week. Yeah, this is this week. Yeah. We cover this story. Oh, what month was this? Anyway, it's 250 days ago. This mm. when we covered it. They captured the beefalo, Rob. 
Do you remember beefalo. that? Remember that beefalo that escaped in Connecticut? Oh, that was that uh, hybrid sort of uh, buffalo cow. cow. And buffalo. That's yeah. right, a beefalo. Well, when it escaped 250 days ago. Mm. They didn't catch it. They right. caught it yesterday. Oh, that's a determined effort. Did, did they just stumble across it, or was the search party still looking on a daily basis for those beefalo? Um, police in Connecticut yeah. announced a beefalo that escaped from a slaughterhouse has been captured after 250 days on the loose. Yep. The Plymouth Police Department said the beefalo, a hybrid of a buffalo and a domestic cow, mm. as opposed to a farming cow, was captured after several months of failed attempts. I guess maybe because of all the COVID shutdowns, they couldn't get out there. Possibly, yeah. But several months of failed attempts, Rob. The animal, nicknamed Buddy, escaped from a trailer outside the Plymouth Meats Processing Facility on August the 3rd, and police warned the public to keep a safe distance from the potentially aggressive bovine. I'd say if you're going to escape, that's a good time to escape. If, if you have a Arrived at the meatworks as a, as any the sort best of time. Best time cow to, buffalo top. Then yeah. that's uh, you know it's it's really t- time to act if you've got any intention of continuing. The Plymouth Police Department is happy to announce the capture of the ever elusive Buddy the Beefalo. His capture was the result of a community effort from spotting him feeding him throughout the winter and to the experts who are able to make the final capture. Buddy will now be transported to Massachusetts for a veterinary exam before moving on to his new permanent home at the Critter Creek Farm Sanctuary in Gainesville, Florida. All right. So he's got a happy ending as uh, Buddy the Beefalo. Uh, well, it's a happy ending for the butchers or for the vegans? I, I missed the end. It's not a happy ending for the butchers. No, so no. He's, he's not going down. No, he's going to the Critter Creek Farm Sanctuary in Gainesville. So be, he's, he's, be, he's been rewarded for his determined effort to pursue. They said, okay, this man's got a will to live. It's a, it's a He's showing a human quality. He's he's gone above and beyond his species. Perhaps it's part of their evolution. He's going to take them forward to the next realm of uh, bovine improvement, acceptance, acceptance and improvement. And um, perhaps their intellect as a species might might improve. There's that, uh, and uh, they might get up to the level of of horses or something. Oh, great win for the beefalo. Great but, win. Yeah. Hey, Facebook's at it again. What are they censored now? French town Ville de Bitch. Yeah, their Facebook page has been removed. Facebook has now claimed it's in error. Oh, no kidding. The French town of Ville de Bitch. How's it, is it spelt as in an English bitch? Uh, B-I-T-C-H-E. Well, that's ridiculous. It's not even spelt the same. Exactly right. It's faggots all over again. Even if it was... What if it was a, a dog breeder's page or something? Exactly and it right. And bitch. Yeah. Perhaps they think it's vile bitch in English. It translates to possibly. I don't even know. The French town of Ville de Beach has had its official Facebook page removed in what the social media site said was an error, apparently based on the name's proximity to an English insult. Ville de Bitch mayor Benoit Kiefer said the town's official Facebook page was removed from the site on March 19 when officials received a message saying it was in violation of conditions applying to Facebook pages. Kiefer said the town attempted to appeal the decision but never received a response from Facebook. Now, that's a surprise because we have the issue on the Welsh Facebook pages mm. of the Welsh delicacy of faggots. Yes. Facebook removed the posts and yes. tagged them as hate yeah. speech. And can I get in touch with anyone for Facebook to no. educate them? No. They're anonymous, Rob. Old Zuckerberg, you're yeah. anonymous. Well, yeah, we discussed this the other night, didn't we? And um, it needs to be uh, released. The, 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 what it, needs the, to be released? Well, they need to... 
they can't just have lazy automatic uh, senses. Yeah. It needs to have someone informed reading, a human being yeah. that can understand the context. Yeah. You can't it can't be, be autonomous because you're just you're just gonna mess it up over and over and over. And so they do. Facebook lazy. If you're gonna police this stuff and take on this pseudo moralistic stance, you're gonna have to do it properly. Yeah. Facebook did say on Tuesday that the town's page was restored. They are sticking to their guns and saying it was removed in error, Rob. Yeah. Imagine how impossible it would actually be to have to police that. Imagine how many people you would have to have to be constantly looking at Facebook to see if there's offensive things going but up. They and, make, and who's supposed to judge all make, the time? They make billions. They need to employ people to monitor this. People power up. I think they know it's kind of impossible because every single post that goes up, they then have to read it, understand its context, no. and then be able to censor based on any sound judgment, which even then there's all sorts of grey areas as to what it can be. The only thing they can do is find out if a news story is actually fake news, if it's trumped. Well, I was going to say, Twitter have done that. Yeah. With their fake news. This, mm. uh, you know, that, this... that I understand, but they actually shouldn't police speech at all. They should just let people say what they want. I think you might get into a few kind of well there's a lot of moral arguments there but there could be a few legal arguments which gets them in trouble because i just think logistically i think it's impossible yeah but they're a facilitator someone could type anything all the time on anyone imagine how many there'd be billions of posts a day every single day exactly Uh, you you couldn't monitor everything and still make sound judgment Uh, you couldn't read everything Mm. and then be a judge of it just i mean that's the nearest thing you think of to take away free speech but what they need to do is it needs to be flagged on an automatic program, then go to someone for assessment. They have to. Surely, instead of just deleting everything because they think yeah. it's offensive. Well, that's a better way of doing it. Thanks, man. I'm a thinker. The mayor of Ville de Beach has extended an invitation to Facebook chief executive Mark Zuckerberg to visit the town and discover our pretty fortified city that has distinguished itself in history on several occasions. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if Zuckerberg will actually... I would suspect he's, he's a fairly busy man and wouldn't have time to respond to Facebook complaints. Why? Why is he busy? He should be retired. He should be enjoying his millions, billions and zillions. Yeah. Really should. I think he probably is. I don't know if he is. No? Nah. I don't think he is. He's boring, isn't he? He is boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, give me that money. <laughs> you will not see a boring chief executive of Facebook then, I tell you. Mate, well, there's a guy who's got room then for a huge downward spiral and goes, uh, he should go Charlie. Tiger, Tiger imagine style. Zuckerberg went Charlie Sheening on it. Oh, and, and, yeah. and imagine he could go make himself go viral so easily. <laughs> He could, yeah. you're right. But it's he, just he, not that type, is He it? could be have the ultimate formula trigger. What do you call those things? Coding Algorithm. formula. Algorithm. Algorithms, yeah. This algorithm is just everything Zuckerberg. And he could do work on some material. Like If he can do as well as Charlie Sheen did, that's still one of my favourite blowouts of all time. Tiger blood. Why would I stop? Winning! I'm winning. winning. I, I, I win here, I win there. Why would I stop? No, it was epic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking about winning, uh, the snooker kicked off. The World Championships. Yep. The snooker Championships kicked off uh, a couple of days ago in yep. Sheffield, England. Old Hurricane Higgins going. Hurricane Higgins. Yeah. Well, he died unfortunately. Alex Hurricane Higgins. Oh, is that not John Higgins? No, he's not. He's not Hurricane Higgins. I don't even Higgins. know what John Higgins. I don't think he's even got a nickname. Yeah, I, I think you're wrong because when I was doing my research for quiz, it said which snooker player is known as Hurricane, and then I clicked on it and said John Higgins. No, Alex Higgins. That was. I'm sure it said John no. Higgins. Oh, well, we you, you, you would know. We would look up. And I can't remember what Ronnie's nickname was. The Rocket. Ro- Rock Rocket. That's rocket. of course. Uh, well, Ronnie won in the first round, ten four. But he's had a bit of an issue 
because of COVID, mm. and obviously they're only just out of lockdown in mm. England, mm. he went out for a bit of a something to eat, and he's had a couple of fans trying to get a bit too close. Yeah, all well and good. Fans love him. Apparently, one of them had a bit too much to drink and was getting a little bit close. Now the thing is, obviously, with this championships, if he tests positive for COVID or even has an issue yeah, like a false false positive, yeah, he's gone. He gets kicked out of the tournament. Yeah, so he's very very nervy about what's going on over there right now. Okay, yeah. So in terms of that, we do wish Ronnie the best of luck. Also, friends of the show, John Higgins. <laughs> he won. He beat uh, Tiang Peng Fai 10-7. Yeah. He was losing. Um, well, he must have been losing 6-3 at one stage because he won seven out of the last eight frames to qualify. Yeah. Uh, other friend of the show, Mark Williams. He is playing a guy called Sam Craig you have never heard of in the first round. He starts tomorrow in the evening session. So, so we will keep tabs on the World Snooker Championship, especially for next week. The Australian, Neil Robertson, who is also the favourite mm. Melbourne own Neil Robson. He beat Liang Wenbo uh, in the first round, 10-3. So he's going well, is uh, Neil Robertson. Yeah. Good luck to everyone, and we'll watch with... Uh, how long does it run for? A week? Two weeks. It's massive. Oh, that's the final week. is over, like, two days. Really? Yeah, six sessions. Best Jeez. of... Okay. Uh, the final is best of 35 frames. Got to get to 18 in the final. Okay. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, and I, and I played a full-size snooker tail the other day. Ah. Uh, Oh, did you? The other day, where was that? It was uh, a, a precursor to uh, Tess's brother Dan had his uh, sort of a, uh, engagement party dinner. Okay. And, and and the, the RACV club has them. Okay. There's yeah. not many full-size snooker tables in Australia, which is an amazing statistic. Oh, there's about 20 in this RACV club. Wow. I love snooker. Really do. Yeah. We didn't we play, Paul. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, how's this? Have you ever heard of Hubert? Her cats. No. Well, he's number 16 tennis player in the world, apparently. He's from Roxlav in uh, Poland. Oh, yeah. He won his first round match, I think it might have been in Monaco this week. Uh, do you want to listen to his pe- press conference? Sure. So- Maybe a couple of questions in English and then we'll switch to Polish. Who wants to start? Please raise your hand. Any questions in English? No. Okay, we'll switch to Polish. Any questions? No. <laughs> I mean, you were requested. <laughs> no question. That's okay. nice. Nice press no conference. Okay. 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 Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> press conference. No question. That's, that's a new one. <laughs> Nobody I asked wish, him any questions. I wish Bernie Tomlin when she could have one like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It uh, didn't do him any good, though, because he just lost yesterday to Englishman Dan Evans in the next mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. But, um, he's number 16 in the world. I yeah. have never heard of him. Hubert Hercats. No, I've not heard of him. So, but you don't pay much attention to tennis, though. Oh, definitely not. Maybe that's where I'll go more on my quiz, actually. Well, I think, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Tennis, golf. In- English football. I thought you'd be better at English football, really. Well, I don't care about what, English but football. It's the, but it's the EPL. The EPL is football. It's oh, everything. Is it, is it yeah. now? Not now with the Not European now. Super League, <laughs> which we probably won't go into. Hey, bro, if we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass... No grass? Would you eat me to survive? Oh, bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Mark Williams, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Hi, 
time for Rob's Film Review! Another great intro from Hot Ass Flowers. Hot Ass Flowers! (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't think I can get uh, as much leverage out of this as last week's Oyage. Oyage, Gus. Gus the Oyage Mule. However, this is still a fascinating tale, Beefy. What are we doing, Rob? Well, look, this is a film called Every Which Way But Loose. Right. Listen carefully. That, this one's a follow-up, isn't it? No, was, this this is the first, this is the original. Oh, Any Which Way You Can, was that the other one? That's or? the follow-up. That's the follow-up, okay. Yeah. Now, the thing is, Beefy, when you uh, learn screenwriting, uh, one of the sort of ideas and thoughts behind it is that it's got a bit of a slow start, but then it... Is this it? This is it. This is it. It's country western. Well, well, I'll leave that under. I'll bet you it. See, you see, the thing is, though, most stories are all the same basic story. I've heard people say there's only seven different stories. I think that's quite right. But there's obviously variations within them with which... Um, Shakespeare invented a fair few, I think. Good old Shakespeare. Aristotle, too. He had a few up his sleeve. Did he? Yeah, 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 yeah. They all had they had some ideas, those lot. That's why they uh, you still hear about them hundreds of years later, Beefy. Yeah. Thousands of years in Aristotle's, in Aristotle's case, case, yeah. yeah. This story really is just Jack and the Beanstalk. Now, the thing I have a problem with Jack and the Beanstalk is that, morally, it's not really a sound tale. Because Jack, he's the last-ditch effort for to save the whole family. And Mum says, look, Jack, well, this is our last cow, all right? Uh, we're on our last legs. You better go to the market. You better get something, some good dosh for this cow. Otherwise, the family's screwed. All right? It's all on you, Jack. Go do it. Oh, I got it sorted. Mum, don't worry. Walks out, stumbles across some grumpy old prick and says, uh, look, mate, what's happening over there? He goes, oh, how you going? Oh, look at that cow. You got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what I'll give you for that cow if you want. Oh, yeah, what do you got? I got these magic beans. Oh, yeah? Deal. That's it. That's all it took. And, and uh, he comes home and goes, mum, got rid of the cow. He goes, oh, good lad. What did you get for it? Check this out. Five beans. You absolute muppet, Jack. You're a moron. Yeah. You're an idiot. And so mum quite rightfully gives him a fierce belting, uh, a scolding, sends him up to bed, grabs his crappy beans and throws him out the window. As it happens, by pure fluke, this old man wasn't lying. No, they were magic. And he grew a magic vine. He climbs up and disturbs the peaceful giant, minding his own business, steals his harp, steals his golden egg, and then when the giant chases down to reclaim his stolen goods, Jack the dodgy, conniving little smartass chops down the vine and the giant dies, right? And so basically it shouldn't be called Jack and the Beanstalk it should be Jack the totally selfish um, I'm just thieving murderer thieving, murdering uh, like like no self-conscious unconscientious, is that the word I'm looking for? Yep. Yep. Let's go with that Let's go with that. <laughs> unconscientious um, is the right word. Twat, basically. Yeah. This film, Every Which Way But Loose Clint Eastwood not a dissimilar character. Okay. Yeah. He's uh he's he's just waltzes around. He's basically a brawler. Yes. Who engages in unauthorized fights and just sort of boxes them with his shirt off. Yeah, in the car park. Into the mix, they've decided to throw in with the plot that he has lives with an orangutan <laughs> named Clyde. Yes. Yeah. For a fair while there, I was quite certain they were going to give no explanation as to why, living in urban Californian cities, <laughs> he's got an he just, just hanging around with an orangutan. 
No one even turns ahead when he walks into like a cafe and sits down with an orangutan and just sort of rolls with it. At the time, I think it was a kind of a thing to have wild animals. Obviously, the Tiger King nowadays is a series <laughs> with which was sort of born out of that time, I think. I was just looking on the cast and crew. The uh, Clyde is not credited. Oh, he's not credited at all. yeah. Oh, he, had so, he didn't have a great array of acting ideas. He had sort of triumphant arms that he'd pump up in the air and things went well. Yeah. He could do the kiss does on the wear, cheek. He, does he wear a nappy in this? Uh, no, no, no. No, okay, nah, good. No, nah, right. no pants, nothing. I don't think. No, just, um, he, he can flip the bird. Yeah, that's not one of his tricks. Uh, he can turn when they're driving in the truck. Right turn, Clyde. Mm, Is that yeah. the big one? Um, that might have been the second one. I can't remember. But uh, he punches. He, he goes right turn, Clyde. He puts his arm out the window and punches people. Okay. Yeah. I think in in later times he also develops the hand over the eyes when something oh, goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. not in this one yet either. Oh, right. So look, it's it, this film kicks off and. Oh, what happens at the start? Oh, yeah, he walks in to this bar. There's this blonde chick singing. Oh, yeah, and he's right. like, oh, she looks all right. Okay. And she sings quite beautifully, a folk-style song, Western, country-western folk oh, song. Country. Wanders off stage, and, and there's old Clint just standing by the bar after he's been making his uh, intent quite clear with his eyes oh, of what, what he's after. Eyes. She really concedes with very little uh, fight whatsoever. And they're out of there within about one minute of dialogue, and she's in the car saying, uh, let's let's get on with it. And it's sort of like, and Clint actually declines her invite to go into the caravan because oh. he's like, oh, maybe we'll go catch up again tomorrow. He's after something perhaps a bit more meaningful with this particular young lady, which just seems to be out of line with his character. Because as we see, not long after that, after he drops her off, he goes, right, let's go fighting. And this is a bit of a fighting. Clint Eastwood fighting around California. It's a bit, bit like Russell Crowe when he was having his, you know, Russell Crowe fighting around the world. Off South Park? No, didn't know that. I don't but, watch South Park. Do you remember but... when Russell Crowe was going around getting in fights all the time? Yeah, and he belted up that guy with the with phone? With phone, yeah, yeah. In the hotel. And then he realised what he's done. He collapsed on the heap on the ground, realising how oh. stupid he's been. Right, I didn't know that. And South Park did an episode, Hi, I'm Russell Crowe. <laughs> Oh, yeah, stick him up. I don't want to go fighting around the world. Oh, was an old man named Russell Crowe went fighting around the world. <laughs> like this. So this is Clint Eastwood fighting around California. Okay. Right. Yeah. With an orangutan. Now, he, he keeps coming and in, bumping into this bikey gang lot. These guys are the worst gang in the history of gangs. The Black Widows. Oh. They're all old codgers for a start. Right. They regularly turn up to cause a ruckus and just get beaten to pulps <laughs> but not not even by clint like yeah. that's later on they turn up in just some random uh side of the road cafe yeah diner and just sort of start trying to give attitude just the local rural farmers just say uh, you know, no we're not taking a bar of this and goes we'll go outside and one of them like this quite rotund unfit looking bloke is just wasting these guys <laughs> the black widows are the just a pathetic gang not much going on there at all but basically what happens is clint's lady the blonde singer chick she leaves they're sort of i think around san diego or northern los angeles i don't know they're around there because well, I'm, I'm sure they're heading north because it gets more foresty as they're going okay. on the drive she leaves town and he's like oh i've got to follow her this doesn't make sense why she left town so quickly i got it and he starts basically on a blind pursuit with his mate with him and the orangutan clyde and um their old lady mother is it the mother she's she looks after the house back in color oh, back in uh, los angeles and they just go on this blind pursuit trying to find this girl they're not really knowing where she is <laughs> And and along the way, they run. He runs, and he just keeps getting in fights all the time. There's there's, there's organised ones where they've they've found the sort of circuit. Yeah, yeah. But then even when every time he just goes to their breakfast, he ends up in a fight. <laughs> Someone just goes and buys a drink when when he's 
does actually have breakfast with the Blanca one day, one morning earlier on before she disappears. And someone goes to send a drink over to her, and Clint just sort of grabs the beer and looks around at them and toasts it, and he starts drinking. And it's got, and it's these bikey gang guys again, the Black Widows. Oh. And they come over, go, oh yeah, is he think that's going to happen? Clint just belts them. Two of them just takes him down like that, bang, bang, bang. He's a very good boxer, clearly. But uh, anyway, so so this this crazy wild chase. At one point, we get in another fight. He beats up the police by mistake. He doesn't know it's the police. And just as he's belting this guy in the head, he talks to the barman and says, "Call the police." And they goes, "Those are the police." He's like, "Ooh, <laughs> this isn't good." So they're after him as well. Uh, they finally catch up with him later on. He just decides to go fishing for a bit in a river. Does Clint? And um, he catches a great big fish. And the policeman, instead of wanting to shoot him with a gun, is more interested in the fish that he's catching. And is going, oh, this is going to be a great fish. This is huge. And he catches the fish. And the guy's a great fish. And Clint slaps him across the face with a fish. And a fish across face. And then he knocks him in the water and he runs off. Whole new meaning to the word yeah. slapstick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It was a proper Monty Python fish yeah, across yeah. the face, B. <laughs> um, and uh, across the way, you know, the orangutan at one point, he realizes that Clyde's missing out on having a, a loved one. And it's not fair that he's pursuing his romantic interests. And his mate also picks up this chick from a, um, a cantaloupe stand oh. um, on the highway. It's Mrs. Griswold of National Lampoons. Oh, right. Picks uh, her up when she's uh, very, yeah, yeah. Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. So she jumps in Mrs. with him. Griswold. So they're driving along um, in the in the ute. Yeah. Clyde's in the back or sometimes in the front. And Mrs. Griswold's in the middle. And then uh, his other mate, I can't remember his name, Orwell or something. He's right. in the front. And so they're, they're hooked up. And he's in the pursuit of his blonde folk singing. And the police are chasing them. The Black Widows are chasing them while they're chasing this girl. And Clyde is missing out on all the action. He's not. He's just t- along for the ride. And he yeah. goes... Well, Clyde needs some loving too. So they swing by the zoo, break in the zoo, <laughs> jump over the fence, and uh, they go find the uh, orangutan uh, enclosure and go, there you go, Clyde, go for your life. And he jumps the fence and rolls over to the door, checks through, looks inside. There's a girl on there. He gives he gives old, uh, gives old Clint Eastwood the thumbs up, said, yeah, see you in a bit. <laughs> well, goes in, gives gives her a quick one, and then they're back on the road. I'm not uh, sure the uh, animal world works like that, but... Uh, no, no, no. Clyde knew exactly what he was doing. He, he knew what the drill was. It was yep. a very efficient process in the the end and um, that obviously didn't uh it wasn't a sort of a slow ro- slow-mo um circling cameras no behind uh sort of we can move on sort of fishnet drapes or anything like that like um sort of like uh well you know red shoe diaries yeah yeah red shoe diaries uh, sort of filming of um romantic okay. scenes right. you don't know you haven't no. come across that before no. okay well check it out you know what i'm talking all about all right, well, the listeners know what i'm talking about they must do basically they get back on the road and it all culminates at the end he finally catches up with uh blondie folk singer chick they have one more romantic night and then uh she clears off again she keeps she keeps running away and he keeps chasing her. Oh. Eventually, he does catch up with her, and she's like, "You are an idiot." You know, I've actually been trying to get away from you the whole time. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman of of the freeway, of the of the road. Yeah. I'm on the road. I don't want to be commitment. You know, I don't need you, Rara. Right? She's going very much with the the Joni Mitchell uh, Coyote song that she sings on the last waltz. You know. Nope. Carry yeah. on. Prisoner of the white lines on the freeway. See that sort of song, right? Okay, because she's a prison. She's a she's a mover and shake. She's a she doesn't want to be tied down. Beat no, sounds like it. And so she gives she gives him a fair serve and calls him an idiot. And then he said, "Oh, well, I'm sorry for being the only man who ever wanted to do anything beyond just trying to get you in a bed." And that really hits a hits oh, her, and she's livid. Deep. 
Oh. And she starts trying to bash him. And he just stands there while she's just belting him, doesn't he? You know? But he gets a bit of a blood lip in that. But that's the end of that romance. He's just been punched and by then, hundreds um, of guys well on then, the and just to bare finish it off, circuit. Exactly. And then just to finish it off, he goes in um, one last uh, fight for the end of the film. And he's just wasting this guy again, beating him to a pulp. The guy's basically knocked out. He could have finished off whenever he wanted. But he has a moment of clarity, does Clint Eastwood. Oh, and he realises... I don't think this is the life I want to lead anymore. I don't think I want to be running around, fighting around the world like Russell Crowe. Like Russell Crowe. Yeah. And um, when the guy is clearly beaten to a pulp, he just takes a hit from this guy and pretends he's knocked out and, and loses the fight. And then they drive him back. Oh, he beat all those Black Widows up again. Oh, as well. Yeah. yeah. yeah of course he did. And they drove back. They drove past them. And the Black Widows are in like um, a big... One of those Elvis Cadillacs with the big fins, right. and they're all they're all munted and they're all wasted. And, and the big fat boss man with his fat guts is sitting there on the get on the trailer behind, and they just they overtake them. And uh, Clyde the orangutan gives them the finger again uh. as they drive past. Then they drive past the police as well, and they're all covered in mud and looking a bit <laughs> rough from getting slapped in the face from the fish. Uh, still, yeah, and and then it just ends. Oh, okay. That's what I thought when it ended. But uh, I was pleased it ended because it was too long. It was it's, almost two hours. It is nearly exactly two hours. One hour 59, <laughs> according to the stats here. The writer was a guy called Jeremy Joe Kronzberg. Well, I tell you what, he's one of the worst writers of, of all time. Well, this is the, the only film he ever wrote. <laughs> so they obviously got binned after this. <laughs> it is so incredibly confusing it doesn't make any sense there's no structure at all there's no real resolution they just go driving up the coast the dialogue is laughably bad why is there an orangutan there <laughs> but, uh, and, that, and that's the first thing you ask but I think that the love interest Clint, Clint's love interest in the film uh, what's her name uh, the blondie mm. I think they pardoned up in a lot of films those two uh, through the 70s right, I okay. think it was maybe just they got them together again it seems like looking looking here the reviews this is your classic vegemite film you either don't like it yeah or you really like it right because it's just it's either ones or fours or fives you what you watch it again to laugh at how stupid it is i think yeah. but i i couldn't quite get as enthusiastic about it as i did about oyage okay the gus the gus mule story this is a a top critic from time out Jeff Andrews says, mm. on your uh, theme about Clint Eastwood being pa- a, a callous, a no, packing up with the same people, he says, the whole thing seems like an indulgent, expensive home movie created by and for Eastwood's customary stock company of actors. Right. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. we go. For, and uh, Variety says, for Eastwood fans, the essential elements are there. Lots of people getting beat up. Eastwood walks tall and looks nasty. Cars get crashed. <laughs> James Fargo's direction is limp. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what it's uh... I, I think they achieved exactly what they set out to do <laughs> but i will say it was very confusing so yeah. a, lot, a lot of things didn't make sense there was a few laughs in there in between yes yeah, intentional like it. or not but i'll give it a one and a half oh one and a, come that that's it um, yeah yeah but this is weird. This is a, re- a review. The story and the characters are really too silly, even by the standards of this kind of romp, and the film's disparate elements hardly ever begin to gel. <laughs> Three and a half out of five. <laughs> How does that work? That doesn't work for me. you got, you got to back up your rating with your, with your there's, fierce there's comments. probably a full If you're going to do a scathing uh, review, yeah. you got to give a scathing score. Yeah, so and I think he should go with my score. This guy, four and a half out of five, a comic classic. 
Clint Eastwood is terrific in his first comedy feature with an orangutan who proves to be a more than worthy sidekick. Hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, madness. Uh... madness. Uh, do you want to hear the official uh, tomato stats? Yep. The tomato meter, the official review is 37%. Mm. The audience score... 55%, hence my one or five yeah. theory, 55%. So the main thing I'll say with this is that if you want to watch something stupid and dumb, there are probably better stupid and dumb things to watch than this because I, I would say even if you're concentrating, it still doesn't make sense. Right, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> fair enough, you can't argue There's with that. There's no real, I don't know how he's supposed to just follow where this woman went. I don't know which way... How he even knew which way there's she went. There's no internet back then, was no, there? No, there's no tracing. There's she didn't nothing. have a, because uh, she was a country and western singer, so uh, she didn't have any, yeah. like a tour diary no. or some posters. Or anything. No. And as for how easily this cantaloupe lady just, I mean, that was a five-minute chat and she's on the road with him. I mean, wow. it's very casual. It was the 70s, it was different yeah. back then. And the only reason that she got in the car was because she was being somewhat rudely spoken to by a, a big fat lady who was um, disparaging of the quality of her fruit. Of her of her fruit and um, mm. the guy sort of was watching this uh, sort of argument going on or d- and he got rid of this lady by telling her that Mrs. Griswold had the clap Oh, mm. and so she ran off in fear and disgust well, because she had the clap? Well, he told her that, just to get rid of her. Right. And then she was grateful that he got rid of her. And that's why he coerced her to come right. oh, with geez. them in the in the ute. Well, Beverly, if you're listening, then I do hope you uh, don't have the clap. I hope that was part of the character. I, I would assume it was, yeah, Let's hope yeah. Not. She's lovely, Mrs. Griswold. Yeah. Lovely. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Oh, that music can only mean one thing, Rob. Yeah. You won last week. 1-0. 1-0. Grudge match. <laughs> it's not the best. Push through, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Sporting Gladiators, people. It's a quiz. Sports trivia. Basically, I ask Rob five questions about sport, and Rob tries to find stuff I don't know anything about. Yeah. I think I've done pretty well again this okay, week in that good. regard. So it's best of five penalties. No, I reckon, you'll get, I reckon you'll get at least two. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, you might get a few. Right. How many world titles, we talked about this earlier, how many world snooker titles has the Rocket Ronnie O'Sullivan won? Uh, 11. Ronnie O'Sullivan? Just the six, Rob. Just the oh, six is it? for Ronnie, yeah. Couldn't remember. Couldn't remember. So John Higgins is five. Four, I Four. think, for Higgins. Mark Williams is now three. I'm sure I looked at that the other day. The top is Stephen Hendry was seven, by the way, if you want to know who... Stephen the... Hendry, I remember him. He's made a comeback, Stephen Hendry. Is he? Yes. Is, is it based on Ronnie saying that everyone is rubbish? Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> All right. Now, I don't even know who this person is, but that means a good chance you won't know either. Which English football club... Is TV Cook Delia Smith connected oh, to? Good. Oh, Glad you asked that. It. Well, I used to live there. Who's, who's Delia Smith? She's a TV cook, Rob. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but for, she was the, she, from, was, she was like the Nigella in the 80s. Okay. I think she's the biggest in terms of book sales, in, re- in terms of revenue, I mean. Uh, no, Jamie Oliver is. You think so? I think is Delia this, might just, be just bigger. This was just very okay. recently. Anyway. In fact, I think they said he's the biggest uh, selling author in the in all of England of, of anything, like more than more J.K. More J.K. Rowling? I, I, think, I think so, yeah. Wow, Jamie's huge, man. Uh, it's Norwich City, by the way. It is. I did play for Norfolk. Okay. Oh, and Norwich Pre Club. 1-0. Uh, 
far. I got one more than last week. Well done. Question two. Which NFL star's sperm was attempted to be stolen in the film Ted 2? Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady? Yes. The headquarters. Would you have got it if I said which, which sports star uh, yeah. of NFL? Okay. Yeah, I would have. Yep. doesn't matter. The headquarters of the International Ice Hockey Federation is in which European city? I'm going to say it's Switzerland, so Zurich. Oh, what? How did you get that? That's correct. Why do you think Switzerland? A lot of the governing bodies are in Switzerland because of tax laws. Right. Um, but some are in Geneva, some are in Zurich, and some are in Lausanne. So, good question. Oh, I don't think you get that. Alrighty, technical question. How many points for a goal in Gaelic football and hurling? Oh. Gaelic football. They got the three, the three, the two goals down the bottom and the one at the top. Is a goal the bottom one or the top one? I'm assuming the goal is the one with the net, not over the yeah, top. Yeah, I think it's bottom. five. No, it's three for a goal in Gaelic <sighs> football and hurling. God damn it. In betting, what odds are known as pony or macaroni? I'm going to say 500 to 1. Ooh, 25 to 1. Oh, really? I thought you'd know that one. Pony. Pony or macaroni? I never heard that before. No, no, see. I thought it would be some weird British thing that you would know. Uh, question four, 365 days. Is it 2-1, is it? It is 2-1. Come on, Roberto, square up. We saw Kiwi Gemma Watson become which sports world champion during 365 days of sport? Gemma Watson. Skiing. Skiing? Yeah, it was a skiing one. And world champion. We went to skiing Olympics, so that's not a world championship. Oh, um, well, I've lost now. You can't, you can't have two answers, can you? Think Dubai. What did we go to there? Oh, when, when, was, when were girls doing stuff? <laughs> we did that stupid skipping thing. We did uh, we did the Formula One. I don't think she did won the Formula One. No, nah, she wasn't Formula One world yeah, champion, was she? No, nah, it wasn't that. Uh, she wouldn't have been um, para- parachuting, paragliding. There was the... Uh... <laughs> Checking going. There was the rugby. If you remember, one of the competitors took rather a nice liking to you. Oh, was she? She, she won the um, whatever that thing's called with the jet stream yeah, power the pack. Jet, yeah, the jet stream power Fly pack boarding. thing. Flyboarding. 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 Did I speak to her on the interview? Yeah, I think we did. I recognised the name. Yeah, Gemma Watson. Oh. She was flyboarding world champion. I can't remember any of those girls' names. There was one from Texas. There was one from like Mexico, Canada. Uh, Valentina, she was That's called or one. something. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember people's names. Beefy. We know. So two one. Two one. What is the third event in the men's decathlon? The third event. Yep. That's a good question. That third event. <laughs> High jump. Shot put. Oh, I'm still in. I'm still in. I'm still in. So close. i got to get this to get back in the tie. You do. You should get this. Come on, Roberto. What sport is missing from this list? Beach volleyball, volleyball, tennis, table tennis, and what? Beach volleyball, volleyball, tennis, table tennis. So you got a bigger version and a smaller version. Tennis, table tennis. And they're both, they're all Olympic sports. So what is something that was this a version and then a smaller version? Horse riding, swimming, and there's running, and there's uh, what are the team sports? Basketball, um, some sort of fencing, and oh, I, oh, I can't. Do you just want one sport? There's one sport missing off this list. Oh, they're all net sports. What's another net sport? Are they all racket sports? No, beach volleyball's not racket, volleyball's not racket sport, but they are all net sports. What else is there a net? 
Badminton! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! 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 Roberto! <laughs> just in time! Yes. I couldn't figure it out. They're all nets. Okay. Two okay. all. Two all. We to play. PP has this. Oh, I reckon you'll get this. <laughs> Who are the runners-up of the 1978 FIFA World Cup? I think the answer is Netherlands, Rob. <laughs> Holland. That's correct. Lost Damn to, it! Lost to Argentina. Oh, why did I put an easy one? At the, did you, did you? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's so easy. That uh, that was one of the ones I thought you'd get. I thought you, mo- I I thought you'd get that pony macaroni thing. Because yeah. you told me something about what was you told me something about the weird UK summer slang with their gambling one time. Uh, don't know. I, I don't know a, where that comes probably from. Probably a Yankee with all those uh, multiple bets and things. There mu- it must be something right with the only noise. It, something rhyme yeah, with that. It could be. It'll be maybe some sort of East London thing. Definitely yeah. an East London oh, thing. Oh, I lost again. 3 2. Oh, tough. Tough one, though. Good questions this week. Good questions. I'm liking that uh, pattern one. I'm good at those on uh, IQ tests, those oh, patterns, yeah. uh, when yeah. it's written down. Yeah. I write these questions myself as well. You realise this? I don't go on the websites like you do and try and just find are questions. You, are you serious? Yeah. I do like, very occasionally. If it's like a New Zealand cricket one or something, I can make it up. No, I've re- I reckon I've written, come up with about 90% of my questions. If it's just you. general knowledge, I could do it easily. Yeah. But not sports. Yeah, not sports. But I have to make them so hard, though, to, for you to not get them. <laughs> Anything I know off the top of my head, you're going to know. Probably, that's probably true. That's, that's why. Yeah. Mm. Don't give me that rubbish. Uh, woman endures worst Tinder date ever as she ends up in River rescuing his dog. Oh. Lizzie Johnson's romantic dog walk along the River Mole turned into a swim when she jumped into the water to rescue her date's dog while he stood on the bank making useless suggestions. Right. A woman says she endured the worst day ever as she jumped in the river to save her tender matches dog while he just stood there watching on. Lizzie Johnson had met the man who had a cute boxer dog on the app and suggested going for a socially distant stroll along the River Mole in Walton-on-Thames. Not long into the walk, her date mentioned that the dog had never seen water before, just as it ex- Excitedly jumped off the bank and into the river. Lizzie claimed that while the man was too busy flapping, she darted down the bank and into the chest deep water to rescue it, saying she was left struggling to climb back out while the man made useless suggestions. After five minutes in the water, the mama too eventually made it out, having rescued the dog, and all three began the awkward ten-minute walk back to the car, where they quickly said their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. When she got back home and into the warm, Lizzie recorded a hilarious video showing her jeans, top and face, covered in mud to recap her date, which ended with a swim in the river mole. After the footage went viral, Lizzie said it was probably the worst date ever, maybe because I wasn't feeling it as well. Yeah, it wasn't a great date. So, in respect to the worst Tinder date of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> On top of that as well, Lizzie said, I got out and asked if my makeup was okay, and he said, yeah, it's fine. When I looked in the mirror at home, I had mud on my face. Ah. Good work. Okay. I guess then once the dog goes in, you've got a time to act. And if, if, you, if you pause, and if someone's a person to act and someone's a pauser, then so he's obviously just paused. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Aye. But it's the a same time, dog. Didn't, didn't she swim? like the dog? Your dog should be out. The dog I, think, I think she was, yeah. Perhaps he dog into trouble and he just... Yeah, didn't. I reckon she was probably a hypochondriac. Overreacted. Dog was probably fine, could have sorted herself out. <laughs> and now she's just having a whinge. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. But 
if you're listening, Lizzie, uh, Rob apologises. <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't. The top 10 worst Tinder dates of all time, number 10. I met up with a guy from Tinder. After a few minutes of conversation, he asked me what I'd like to do in the future. I said I'd like to work for a company like Monsanto's because I'm, a- I'm actually an agricultural business graduate. He then proceeded to shout at me, Lucifer in the flesh! I immediately left and then he blocked me. After that, I deleted what? Tinder. What? 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 Lucifer in the flesh? <laughs> You're a Lucifer in the flesh! What did you say she did? She was an agricultural business major. She wanted to work for a company like Monsanto's, who are like pollutants and make dodgy chemicals. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, Gosh. Mm. Number nine. A guy invited me on a date to a bar to watch a band play and get a drink or two. I show up and wait around for a good 20 minutes. Turns out, it was his band that was playing, and he invited three oh, other no. girls on the same date. Oh. I was so mad and waiting outside for my Uber when he came out and told me I was being incredibly rude and he never wanted to see me again. <laughs> that sort of thing you used to do, Rob. Invite three, three or four girls to your band. No. <laughs> Number eight on the worst Tinder dates of all time. She was 70. Jesus. I was 18 at the time. <laughs> well, then that's his fault. Oh, unless you lied about her age. I think so. Still, but you should be on a pick that she's at least 50. <laughs> What was the reason we didn't hit it off? Well, there was a pretty big, pretty big age gap. Seventy. Oh my god. Yeah, I went you, on. A- you just walk straight out, wouldn't you? She might be nice. She might be young for her age. About fifty-two years. <laughs> Number seven. I went on a Tinder date with a guy, and he took me to see Fifty Shades of Grey. In the oh. middle of one of the sex scenes, he proceeded to ask in a loud voice if I would let him do the same things to me. Oh. I immediately got up and left the theatre. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Oh, my God. Number six. This guy and I decided to hang out, and he asked me to pick him up because he didn't have a car. Hmm, that should have been my first clue. (laughs) I went to pick him up, and the first thing he did when he got in the car was pat my belly and say, hmm, a little too much beer, yeah? You're going to have to lose that if we date. I kicked him out and went and got ice cream. (laughs) Number five. Uh. I went on I went on a date with this guy I met on Tinder who seemed pretty nice. We met up at a park, and when I saw him, I noticed he was carrying this really big backpack. At the end of the date, I asked him about it. He told me it was a secret, but he showed me anyway. We hid behind this tree, and he opened the bag to reveal what seemed like hundreds of really creepy stuffed monkey animals. I was horrified, especially when he said, They all sleep in my bed every night, just like you can. <laughs> What's even worse is sometimes I still see him at that park with his giant backpack. Hmm. <laughs> Number four, I showed up to a date and the girl was pregnant. Very pregnant. <laughs> like, holy crap, how did you get here on your own? Should I be worried about your water breaking any minute pregnant? No mention Jesus. of her being pregnant anywhere on her Tinder profile. Not even a hint. <laughs> Number three, I met up with a girl and after a few weeks we actually started dating. She always seemed awkwardly close to a brother. And after three months she says, I can't hide it anymore. Will you have a three-way with me and my brother? Oh. I've been looking on Tinder for willing guys forever. And before oh. you ask, no, I didn't. Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> yes, it is. And illegal in most states of America. Yeah. Not all states, right. just most states. Yep. Uh, number two, I went out on this date with a girl and she told me she had a dream years ago where she died in a car accident. Ever since, she refuses to ride in any vehicle, so we walk 30 minutes to the bar. She then reveals she's married, but it's cool. She said her favourite love story was some guy that dug up a woman's corpse and kept it at home. She stole my beer when I was in the bathroom, which was fine, but she lied about it for some reason and tried to sneak the empty to the bartender. Then she got so drunk, she puked. (laughs) Then there was an hour-long walk to get her home, and she stopped to puke on the sidewalk. 
There wasn't a second date. <laughs> oh. Number one worst Tinder date of all time. It's from this guy with the Camry. I went on a date with a woman to a pub where, during the conversation we had, she wanted to take a picture of my driver's license to send and show to her sister via text. Two minutes later, the woman brought up my DUI I had five years ago. Her sister had done a criminal background check on me one and a half hours into the date. Oh, my God. Imagine that. That's amazing. Yeah. Technology. Technology and just damn right creepy. Mm. So there you go. Top 10 worst Tinder Maze, dates. Uh, the, one of my friends went on one. Um, they sat down, he met this girl and... She sort of, from the moment they sat down, she just, her by name seems to be not that interested, and she sort of asked him what he did, and his job is doesn't one that sounds exciting, and they were sort of just sort of chatting, and she just sort of gets up without really saying anything and just goes to the bar, and then just doesn't come back. Oh. And he's sitting there at the table just looking at, and she's just standing at the bar, and he's like, okay, what do I do here? Do I just, <laughs> and I think he just left. Oh. Yeah, she just sort of, she just sort of ended the date without announcing that it was right. ended, and just stood somewhere at the bar talking to someone else. <laughs> that was it, we're done. <laughs> Just walking away. Um, I tell you, oh, my worst experience dating. Uh, I went on a couple of dates with this girl. Mm. She only ever mm. answered questions. So you'd ask her something. Yeah, she'd answer, and that it, was it. And no, 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 no response. No reciprocal. By the end of, of these anything. dates, I was exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mentally just shot to bits. Yeah. because you just have to think of the of, conversation of the all the time at oh. all times because. She wouldn't engage in conversation. Yeah. She would just literally answer the question. Yeah, well, th- they are exhausting, those ones. Tell me about it. And and generally, I've noticed that's very common with women who are very attractive. She was pretty yeah, attractive yeah. this or, or Or not very, but more common. Um, I've, I've found that to be the case, yeah. And, and it is exhausting. It was hard. Yeah. It was... T- oh, jeez. Oh, thinking about it now. <laughs> oh, it was... And I have that, talked to a, a number of people about it. it. It was mentally draining as well because... Because you actively have to kind of keep it going. Because, well, you know yourself, been through the dating scene and everything Mm -hmm. else. Trying to, like, lulls in conversation, uh, especially with people you don't really know too well, are the hardest thing of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Should I say this? I probably should. I know my uh, my partner listens to this, but never mind. Um, (laughs) This girl that was um devoid of conversation mm. i stayed at her place on you know one of the on the second night mm. and fell asleep there was no yep. dodgy business going sure. on but i had a dream no this is no joke i had a dream that uh was in a fight defending her like i was already dreaming okay. about her right and i punched no in my sleep <laughs> no 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 i punched the, the, the side table in the middle of the night and stuff went everywhere <laughs> she she jumped up in the air what's going on what's going on and I oh I, just, oh, I slipped I slipped <laughs> but yeah I, punch, I literally punched the side table right. and stuff went everywhere and Jesus yeah that's, that's a deep sleep. It was a deep sleep. I remember what I was going to say. That okay. The other dynamic that's diff- very difficult is when you can tell that they're very proper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's because at some point, you know when you're talking to someone and you have you have the usual sort of token yeah. small talk things, but at some point, the small only- talk gets very, very boring. Oh, and you've yeah. got to try and take some sort of risk or try and find a way to turn an angle, put an angle on something where you can take it somewhere slightly more risk, not, not necessarily risque, but just something of oh, yeah. an more, more human, an yeah. edge. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and see if they'll run with it. Yeah. And when you know that, that they're not going to run with it, and you have to stay on this mind numbing, boring <laughs> yeah. stuff. I had this, I got sat next to someone at a wedding once. Oh. And she was gorgeous. Yeah. But she was not like that. Do you think the uh, only speak when you're spoken to? 
type deal. That's the old adage, isn't it? Yeah, could be that. A few dating stories there <laughs> from the past, from my past. Yeah, my past, beefy. As well. Yeah. Lovely. All right. We've got to thank the good people at Jack Link's Beef Jerky, Rob. We, we, we can only be thankful. Can only be thankful. 100% grass-fed New Zealand beef. Mm. It is the food of legends. The food of the Collingwood Football Club. Yep. Possibly if uh, you the, want to take phones into the train room or the drink food, pickle the, juice. The food of the prophet of beef. Yeah, it's the official food of curling, Rob. I've just is, made it, it that. just made it that. Well, who wouldn't want mm. dried-out beef in a cold environment? Um, I would suggest if I was wearing perhaps, say, a, a suit of sorts that was yeah. closed, um, and even perhaps if I was wafting about in space. Just wandering around. I think, would that would that work? Would that be the right sort it of... It definitely would work, Rob! It is the food of astronauts, Rob! It is the food of astronauts. Brilliant. Brilliant. There's my space voice. There's drifting, yeah. Yeah. Ground control to Major Tom. I'm stepping through the door. Is that not how it goes? You're the Bowie fan. Yeah. I can't remember the rest of the lyrics. Good. That's a space song. It is, Space Oddity. Yeah. Anything exciting coming up for you? You're going to play with your new irons, Rob? No, I'm not going to have new irons yet. They're too expensive. Oh, I'm not, I'm oh I thought f- you'd bought them. No, I haven't bought them. No, right, no, no. Sorry. No. I've, I've tried some out that I very much like. And I've just got to figure out a financial plan of how I can make it happen. <laughs> Good luck with that. Because they are not, they're actually not crazy expensive, but they're, they're a bit pricey, yeah. eBay, Rob. eBay. Yeah, no, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to get. Tree. I, I've decided, well, what reason Facebook I decided. No, 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 no. I went, I'm going new because I'm making a long term investment. You are, you definitely are, because yeah. we need to get to the Australian Open. We need to get the Australian Open. So I'm, I'm getting them properly fitted and everything. I've got the best part of the deal because I can carry your brand new lightweight clubs and you can carry my curling yeah, rocks. Not, look, I'm not, no way. Oh, I'm here we go. Not, I commit to your bloody Australian Open dreams. What about my Australian I said this Open right dreams? right at the start of the show. Who's going to be excited? About watching curling, everyone, Rob. No, everyone. Well, it's I'm, chess on ice, Rob. Me, chess on ice. Jesus Christ, unbelievable. Um, what are we up to? 197, Rob. Three weeks away from the big 200. People, there's people talking about it already. Oh, it's a, it's out there. It's out in the p. It was the all, media. I saw it. Anticipation. Somebody, somebody was promoting us on the gram. These legends are nearly up yeah. to 200 yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and, and I. Uh, it's my first ever Instagram story ever. I was trying to I reposted it. By the way, I was trying to repost it as well. I couldn't work couldn't out. Couldn't work it out. Nah. I didn't even bother doing a Google search. I don't know. You just you just click on some stuff and it just happened. Did it. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Anyway, we are coming up to 200 shows. Is it going to be a big show on the uh, uh, set in your diaries? The I think it's the 11th of May. Is it? 11th of May is it? No, no, shoot. that's not right because I'm, I'm away then. So it'll be about the uh, 16th of no, May. No, I'm looking at the thing now. The 11th of May is a Tuesday. Oh, that's right then. I'm the a th- Thursday is the 13th. Oh, okay, I'm away 13th, 14th. I knew I wasn't away on a Tuesday, so don't look all panicked. What is going on there? Yeah. 11th, 200 shows. We will... Special guest, probably. So, anyway, this has been episode 197 of the Greatest Sports Radio Show on the planet. 365 days of sports. See you next week.